know that God can speak to people things I'm experiencing now without saying anything to anybody and people are cooking and bringing and doing things and, and all that. I didn't know those rooms existed but when you're impoverished in your head you limit the Holy One of Israel I didn't even see that God chose me okay let me rub it in I know that some of you will not shout you mean that God looked over the entire United States of America, 300 and something million people, and he didn't find anybody as good as me. <laughs> uh, come on. I told you some of you will not come. That's what happened. <laughs> and I, I was fasting and praying and he spoke to me get up and go to America I mean I need to tell you that story he was amazing angels were accompanying me checking me in at the airport doing all kinds of things I mean nobody would believe that in those days actually. I went from India to Nigeria to America in three weeks I went through students, advisory board, all of that stuff. During the Christmas season. The angels of God. <laughs> how can you explain things like this? That's how I came to faith. That there's nothing shaking about it. No, I'm fully confident. Amen. I don't look his way. How would you explain this? I, I, I came out of the airport. In those days, there were no phones. You used telex. And I had sent telex to my family that I was arriving. They should pick me up. And I came out of the airport. And immediately, this cab driver pulled up and said, sir, get in. I said, no, 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 I don't need a cab. My family is coming. Do you know what this cab driver said? He said, okay, then let's wait for them. And I'm wondering, what is this? Man, you need to go on. He said, no. We'll wait for them. That wasn't a cab driver. So we waited. An hour went by. I hadn't seen anybody. So he said, sir, you need to get in this car. And I'll take you to Yaba, where I was going. Otherwise, I'm going to leave you. I said, oh, OK. <laughs> we put all my stuff. He said, do you have any money? I said, yeah. I brought out the Naira I had, the Nigerian money. He laughed. He said, they've changed the money. He said, the only thing good without, you know, in this note you have is the 20 naira. All the others have been changed. 
I said, well, how much is the fare? He said, 14 naira in those days. So I gave him the 20. So he carried me. And we got to my brother's house. I didn't know that's why they were not there. They had gone home to the village early. Nobody was in Lagos. <clears throat> so I went to talk to the neighbor that I've, you know, we fellowship, whatever. And he was nasty. He said, listen, I am not about to be nice to anyone because my mother is in my house dying of cancer. So since God hasn't done anything, I'm not doing anything for anybody. The cab driver hearing that told me to get back in the car. And thank God, when I was booking my flight in India, I booked it all the way east to Enugu. So he asked me, so where do you want to go next? I said, take me to the local airport. Because the cab situation then were unionized, he was international. So he cannot go to the local. He took the 20 from me, gave me six Naira change, and then drove me to the local taxi cab stand and paid them. Which cab driver paid them to take me to the local airport? And they delivered me there. And I brought out all my things because I was living in India. I had a box and all these, you know, suitcases and all of that. And remember, now I am completely out of money. All this other money I had was useless. So I started bringing in my things one at a time. One at a time, there was no cart. So I was at the back of the line. And I saw what was, they were checking in. At that time, Nigerian Airways was still flying. They were checking in flights. You didn't have to book in advance. Checking for it was during Christmas. Checking, checking. And they, I saw what they were doing. They were weighing luggages and charging people all this excess luggage. And I'm looking at me <laughs> and all these massive luggage from international flight. And the local flight, they only give you, you know, 20 kg or something, 32, whatever. <laughs> so, and I'm there praying in tongues. You see, you see how you're able to practice the word of God when you're under stress. But now, see, I'm not praying in tongues like that. That's what I just told you this morning. We have to go back talking in tongues like that and flowing in the glory constantly. Everybody talking in tongues all day long. If you're talking in tongues, you won't have no time to be saying the wrong things or cursing somebody out. Your tongue will be fixed. So, I'm praying in tongues and, and just pacing back and forth. And the back of the line, all of a sudden, a new counter opens up. This man, he had the white coat with the green thing, Nigerian Airways. He opened a new counter. There were about two counters open. He opened the third one and pointed straight to me at the back. Say, you, come. At the back of the line. I went to him. He said, where are you going? I told him, Enugu. He said, give me a ticket. He said, do you have luggage? I said, all of that. He said, go bring them. I started bringing them to him, bringing them to him. 
he tagged all of them and pushed them across. Weighed nothing. Charged me nothing. God detailed angels to carry me. You would disengage your mind and give God room. He will father you Amen. into breakthroughs. Hallelujah. I'm ready to go to my next level. Amen. Next level. So, as always, God is working, but the enemy is also working. So Satan rushes in. So what are you going to do? When you get to MNA in Enugu, how would you get to town? You don't have any money. You, don't, you can't get a cab. I said, the God that just checked me in. Amen. See, this is why your faith runs aground. Satan will throw you curves. You cannot answer. Who told you you are supposed to know the answer? You are just supposed to believe God. I said, the God that just checked me in, he will get me to town. The plane lands at Enugu, and I disembark, and I'm walking into the terminal building, and I see an old classmate in my years ago of secondary school. He said, hey, Onuzo, I haven't seen you in years. I said, yes, you know, I went to India, and I'm just transitioning to America. He said, okay. He said, do you have a ride? <laughs> God was controlling everybody. I asked him, what are you doing here? He said, you know, I, I, I'm in business and I order some goods and I've been waiting on it. They said it was coming with your flight, but he just told us no that he went with another flight that went to Benin. So I said, so are you going to wait on it? He said, no, no, no. I'll run you to town and I'll come back. Can you believe that? He ran me from MNA to one. <laughs> hey, it's amazing. The only place I knew to go to was my father's rental property. I don't know where my brother was living. I've been overseas. So <clears throat> we got there, and one of the tenants told me, yes, that he knows where my brother lives, so that we will leave my luggages here, and then he'll carry me on his motorcycle and take me to my brother's house. So I hopped on. He took me to my brother's house. And we rang the doorbell. Excuse me. And my brother came and answered the door. Said, oh, Chica. Said, oh, what are you doing here? I said, I'm just, I'm just coming. He said, why don't you go to America? <laughs> I said, that's why I'm here. He said, it's perfect because we're all going to the village, and then we can all discuss it and see how we can help you get to America. He brought out his car. We went to the rental property, picked up my luggages, 
and then came back. And the next day, look at the timing. We went to the village. It's amazing. Can you unload this thing, engine, so God can put creative ideas? Your level of prosperity will grow. You will know how to run your business. God will father you with inspired ideas. If you will block all the thoughts that Satan uses to keep God from your life. That's what he's doing. He keeps loading you down with thoughts so God cannot get in. So you have a perfect spirit but messed up mind. And I'm showing you how to get your mind back. You position yourself in the realm of power where what goes in your head is agreeable with God. I wish I thought about this scripture now. Maybe I'll use the next Sunday. But Amplify put it beautifully. He said, commit your works unto the Lord. It's in the book of Proverbs. Eh? He will make your innermost thoughts agreeable with his will. Come on, somebody, show me. Proverbs 16, what? Come on, put it on the board. Watch. Roll your works upon the Lord. Commit and trust them wholly to him. He will cause your thoughts to? You notice? He will cause your own thoughts to become agreeable to his will, and so shall your plans be established and succeed. That's why the enemy is desperate to keep your thoughts. That God wants your thoughts to be agreeable to him. Amen. He said he will cause your thoughts to be agreeable to his will. So that's how your plans will be established and succeed. But watch, you have to roll it over onto him. The, The challenge we have is that many times... We say we rolled things over to the Lord, but we are still carrying it. We are still, it's still weighing on us. We are still talking about it. We, we are not even in the realm of rejoicing evermore or praying without season. No, there should be a, a, a carefree attitude. What, what, what does that mean? You know, you're praying in tongues. You know I've committed this thing to the Lord, so I'm not worrying about it. I'm just waiting on the download to reach my mind. Yeah. That's why I'm talking in tongue. I'm pacing, just waiting on that download. It will come. I'm not entertaining any doubt and unbelief. I'm not entertaining any negative thoughts, any fear thoughts, any nonsense. No, no, no. I keep my head clear. You become creative. Remember what I told you on Thanksgiving? You need to go back and watch those services. God said there are two categories of people. Those that pray and sitting around waiting on me. And those that learn what I'm teaching who will go get what, what I've promised. Amen. You use what you've been taught Amen. to get what belongs to you. Amen. You have a receipt. Amen. I keep reminding you, you have a receipt. Amen. You just gave your tithes. You have a receipt. Amen. You just kept covenant at the altar on Thanksgiving. You have a receipt. Cash in your receipt. Can't sit there. 
You've waited long enough. Waited long enough. And saying, oh, it's going to happen. It's going, mm, it won't happen. <laughs> you said the works were finished? <laughs> it's finished. So you have to receive it as finished. That's what I'm living in front of you. Otherwise, I'll be so stressed out. And I'll come stress you out with the things that are stressing me out. But my blood pressure is like these young folks. Sometimes theirs is higher than mine. Because I, I, don't, I don't allow these things to stress me. I trust God with it. Amen. Trusting God means you hand it over to him. <laughs> trust is relinquishing control. You trust him. You said trust in the Lord with? And? You notice? He said lean not. So once you go to your own understanding, you start leaning, and guess what? You will fall. <laughs> he said, don't lean. I don't understand it, but I trust God. Amen. I trust God. That's how I make decisions. Consider the exciting thought that God will get involved in your thought life. Amen. He will cause your thoughts to be agreeable with his will. So your plans can prosper. Amen. And your stuff will be established. These are dispositions of power. You chase out the birds. Remember that when God told Abraham to come, Abraham, to bring those items for sacrifice, that he went there in the morning and God didn't show. And then birds came trying to eat that sacrifice. And Abraham got up and chased them away. The birds that come to eat your sacrifice are the thoughts in your head. They're constantly coming to harvest what God is about to use. So when Satan kept pounding on me and telling me, ain't nobody going to follow you. You'll never have a ministry here. You have an accent, this and that. I mean, he was trying to harvest my offering. It was God that told me, if you love me as much as you say you do, the same thing he said to my pastor. He said, then you leave Wall Street and come and serve me. I said, where? He said, the church. My God. You mean you're sending me back to those guys smoking reefer? You talk about a depression. I know it's all glamorous now, but I'm, I have to show you the things I had to navigate so that when the enemy is coming to harvest your own sacrifice, your own thoughts, you shake him off. What is your confidence? God is faithful to me. God is faithful to me. I held on to it. I told you people are getting their breakthroughs and getting the manager jobs at Target and all of that stuff. Don't you see? What is that compared to what God has done for me? 
<laughs> if Satan wasn't ignorant, he would have at least seen, or maybe he got a whiff of what God has for me. That's why he was so desperate trying to talk me out of it. And then finally, you see, this is how inspired thoughts come to you. These things were so heavy, I couldn't shake it, and they kept on pounding me, pounding me, pounding me. And then, I didn't understand unctions then, but it flew out of my spirit. Okay, you said that all the people that be following me are the broke and the poor and the whatever. Mm -hmm. I said, then I'll make generals out of them. Yeah. Boom! Yeah. And the demons took flight. But he was painting a picture of darkness and gloom. And the glory. Thoughts. Thoughts. You, you are what you've been thinking. Your spirit man is perfect. It's your mind that has you messed up. It's your mind delaying your breakthroughs. Dispositions of power. What a way to end the year, beloved. When you harness your thoughts. I remember I did a series years ago on power thoughts. You need to go find that message and re-preach them. Because the Holy Spirit is now bringing us into this realm of seizing control. Not just taking control, seizing it. It's ours. It's God-given. The enemy has limited us so badly because we haven't learned how to navigate these areas. If our minds are renewed, remember Romans 12, 1 says, we will be able to prove, not just to know, but to prove it. What is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God? Are you ready to turn everything around? That's what you must do. You don't need another word. You don't need a prophet. You don't need anything. This is it. Vet your thought life. Get it lined up with the word of God. Get it lined up with the promises of God. He said that even your trials will accrue glory unto you if you do not look at things which are seen, but if you look at the things which are not seen. And I asked the Lord, what are the things which are not seen? He said, my promises. He screamed it at me. The things I said I will do that has not yet manifested. That's where you keep your eyes on. And you can traverse challenging and difficult times. And it will turn to glory. Amen. And when we are shouting and praising him, even in tough times, he said, we are paying forward our miracles, our breakthroughs. So one day, a hallelujah in this house will heal the sick and raise the dead. We are paying it forward by shouting in pain, shouting frustrated, shouting in need, shouting, believing God for the impossible. Amen and amen. To me, that's what I consider as one of my greatest blessings from God that I went through all kinds of things. And instead of coming out jaundiced and bitter, I came out with a shout. Praising God, rejoicing that he brought me through, accusing him in no way, 
For in him is no darkness at all. Liberate your life. Liberate your destiny from Satan. Reject thoughts that accuse God. Reject thoughts that are against you and against the word of God. And you will win. You've come out big. <laughs> That's why Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego experienced the fourth man in the fire. Jesus stepped into that fire, quenched the violence of fire, Hebrews 11 calls it. And fire lost its power. It was burning, but it didn't have any effect. All the fire did was burn the chains they put on them, the ropes they tied them up with. And they were walking around in the fire, and the king ordered them brought out. And a heathen king knew Jesus. That's what I'm telling our generation. How can a heathen king know Jesus before he was born? And then we're on this side of grace and, and dispensation and, and, and glory. And we are so blind. No. It is us that are not putting a demand on what belongs to us. We should read those things and it challenges us and we go to God and say, Father, hey, come on. Nebuchadnezzar was as wrong as two left shoes. He made an idol. And yet, he opened his eyes to see the fourth man. Then open mine. Paul gave that prayer in, in, in Ephesians. That God will open our eyes and give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. And we may know the things that belong to us, the things, the exceeding greatness of his power to us what who believe. I mean, these things belong to us. We have to put a demand on them. And God will answer. Amen. Because it is his will. It is his counsel. It is his purpose. I celebrate with you that this word will change your life and that this word will transform you and that 2024 will not go for you. I said, when in 2023, you will go higher. You will do better. 770-994-3777. Call today and be blessed. Call today and put a seed in the ground. Go to our online facilities and put your seed in. Some of you have been so blessed and you watch the voice of resurrection. Send a real offering. Eh? Put a real seed in the ground. Pay for six months of voice of resurrection. Pay for a year of it. Do something big, and God will respond to you with power. Remember when Solomon offered a thousand bullocks? God came himself. said, what do you want? I'll give you anything. Move God before this year is over. I'm counting on your obedience. God bless you. God multiply you. God father you. May God reveal to you his will and counsel. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Bye-bye.